Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Daniela Akuye, and it is a very wet, 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 wet Monday afternoon in Sydney on February the 19th. And we had a weak lead from Wall Street on Friday, so let's check in and see how the SIBO 200 has performed today. It looks to have closed out uh, by up by 1.7 points, or just over a tenth of a percent, whereas the ASX 200, also slightly positive, up almost nine points, also just over a tenth of a percent. Now, the three themes for today. China back in focus because they are back from their Chinese New Year celebrations. And apparently, domestic tourism was very, very strong. There were also some high hopes today that we would see Chinese markets take up the mantle and continue to rally. They haven't, and we've also seen some profit-taking coming into the market when we're looking at both the iron ore price, which was firmer in very thin trade last week, and uh, we are seeing that currently down uh, by about 3% in terms of the Singapore futures, and also coking coal coming under some pressure. So our market didn't do too badly in consideration. However, lithium making a comeback today because there are reports that one of China's large lithium mines will be taken off stream. So lithium stocks really charging ahead today and we'll share some more light on some of those big movers later. And chalk and cheese, I had to say that the earnings season continues to be the ASX top 300 of hits and misses today. And uh, once we check in on some of the leaders in the laggards, but to give you an idea, the likes of A2 Milk reporting better than expected earnings, their stock price rallying at one point up 17%. However, Lend Lease disappointing and continuing to report, well, what is a fairly chunky loss, difficult trading conditions, and that stock simulate off by about 15%. Now, let's have a look at some of the sectors and see what they were doing today in terms of performance. And we have the REITs, uh, profit-taking moving in there, not really surprising with that uptick in yields, bond yields I'm referring to on Friday. And that was off the stronger 
PPI figures that the US announced. So profit taking across the board with Mervac off by 3% and Goodman Group off by 2%. Information technology, which of course has been very, very strong recently, also subjected to some profit taking today. Zero hit most off by a 2.8%. And let's have a look at healthcare stocks. Could they provide any green on screen? Sadly, not today. Uh, the main loser there was Cochlear and uh, that was off 2%. Now the company did upgrade uh, the view for earnings that were reported today a couple of weeks ago and I had a great chat with Dig Howard, the CEO of Cochlear. So check out that interview online. And uh, Fisher and Paykel also off by about 1.5%. Now we are not spoilt, well we, we are spoilt for choice when it comes to some of the top corporate stories of today. And Ampol shareholders um, will be happy that the company has declared a special dividend on top of its ordinary payout despite full year net profit sliding 25% as it looks to balance weaker refining margins with stronger performance from its non-refining units. And Westpac also reported a slip in its first quarter profit citing an impact of notable items related to hedge accounting. Market margins also took a hit in the period as nearly two years of high interest rates raised the cost of mortgage repayments. Meanwhile, Blue Scope Steel recorded a net revenue of $8.5 billion, NPAT slid by over 26%. And turning to Reliance worldwide, they recorded a 23% increase in net PAT and 2% rise in net sales this financial year. And last but not least, Newix recorded EBITDA of 17 million and expects full year 24 revenue growth to exceed operational cost growth. But nevertheless, those shares off 7%. Now the ones that did well today, Ampol, Westpac and Reliance, all in the green, Bluescope and Newix are being sold off, but particularly Newix off by about 11%. Now let's welcome our guest to the COB. Josh Gilbert from eToro joins me now. Josh, happy Monday, even though it's a bit grim and grisly out there. Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? Especially with that thunder. It's uh, it's not much of a happy Monday, but yeah, happy Monday to you, Danny. Okay, NVIDIA. I wrote about NVIDIA today. This beast of a company that is now the third largest company on the S&P. Can you believe it? It overtook Amazon, I think 1.79 uh, billion, billion. Have I got that right? My brain says stunts. Trillion, trillion. I better check, check my newsletter. Trillion market cap. Josh, can they live up to the expectations when they report this week? Yeah, well, that's the big question, isn't it, really? And and they've sort of got to, I think, given, you know, that they are sort of branded as magnificent. I think they're really donning that title of the of magnificent very well at the moment, you know, five year return over 1500%, um, you know, which is, uh, you know, as you say, pretty magnificent in that time. But it has, you know, really become that sort of Wall Street darling. And, and I think that um, it's taken full advantage of this sort of AI revolution. Um, you know, as you say, sort of, sort of took that feather in its cap um, last week as well by sort of becoming the large third largest stock on the S&P 500 as well. You know, but I think it's warranted, right? Earnings have grown by about 500% in the last sort of year. Um, and, you know, the thing is, we're still expecting this business to grow and, and they've continued to surprise us in the last sort of couple of earnings as well. And and not just sort of surprise us, sort of blow, blow, out, blow out of the water in terms of earnings. Um, you know, so we're expecting, you know, revenue of about 20 billion, but 
you know, if that comes through at sort of 22, 23 billion, you wouldn't be necessarily surprised per se. Again, the, the market would, would still take it sort of very well. I guess just really now is how far does this sort of juggernaut have to go? Um, given that sort of outsized gain that I mentioned there, you know, if we sort of see another 100% gain from here, it's going to be the largest stock in the world. It does have the potential to do that. Whether we see that within the next 12 months is is really hard to sort of say. Um, but if, you know, as we say, the last three results are anything to go by, we, we could expect some sort of really big numbers. So um, the, the last sort of earnings report that they did have, although it was better than expected, it sort of fell on deaf ears a little bit because uh, the market, you know, was ultimately expecting maybe a little bit more. So I think anything but perfect here is going to put shares into reverse. Um, real focus here is going to be on obviously expectation um, and guidance because ultimately investors are expecting a lot and guidance is going to be really important to ultimately make sure that this AI boom is continuing and it's not just a flash in the pan. Uh, absolutely. I think you just made a really important point, Josh, that it's it's not like the company's valuation has like tripled or anything. Like here is a company that has been doubling revenue, exponential earnings growth. And it's a classic, I think, textbook example of companies that deliver growth and quality growth, not just jiggery pokery and smoke and mirrors with the numbers, are duly rewarded. And we have seen it in, you know, a few couple of years back when Tesla was on that exponential growth path, but obviously they've come a little unstuck. So uh, I, I believe the options market is pricing in a 10% move. So as you say, outlook all important and probably strap in for some volatility. If it does sell off, do you think investors should be still looking at getting on the NVIDIA bandwagon? Yeah, look, I, I think, as you say, you know, the reason that we are where we are is because it has continued to sort of deliver. And I don't think really for now we can see any reason for that to sort of slow down. AI spending continues to sort of rise for the time being. It's not really so it's showing any signs of sort of slowing down. I mean, maybe we could look to the future to say similar to maybe what we're seeing with EV as you sort of, you know, made that comparison there. We're starting to see that with sort of EV growth now. It's still growing at 30 percent year over year. But we're starting to see the growth really really slow down. But for the time being, this is the real sweet spot for AI. And I, I can't see it slowing down for the time being. You've got every big company in the world wanting to implement AI into their sort of business. Uh, and you've got the biggest companies in the world um, rolling out technology to deliver to their customers. So again, this is something that's not going to slow down for the time being. And I think if we do get any weakness um, over the next sort of couple of weeks with, with shares, I think it does open up a bit of an opportunity because ultimately Jensen Huang and his team are, are continuing continuing to sort of deliver. They have delivered over the last sort of two to three years. And I think they're the real sort of name on this sort of AI bandwagon that ultimately are going to continue to, to sort of reap the rewards, you know, as it seems at the moment, the, the most. So yeah, I think any weakness opens up a, a nice opportunity for investors. It's interesting, Josh, and I'll move off um, post this point. There's a lady uh, who I follow on Twitter called Beth Kindig, who is a real techno nerd and expert over in the West Coast of the US. And she has long called that this will be America's largest company. So I guess all we can say is watch this space. Speaking of watching the space, 
poor old Pilbara Minerals, um, you know, one of the most shorted stocks on the ASX. But we have seen a pop today um, off speculation that China might be taking some lithium um, production or at least, you know, concentrate off the market or some supply. What are your thoughts around Pilbara, which a lot of people like, super strong balance sheet, you know, great operations, quality company, but just getting hit with the supply demand imbalance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think when we sort of spoke a couple of weeks ago, we sort of spoke about the lithium miners and in terms of how hard they've been beaten down and, and ultimately how long that would sort of last for. And I think if we look at the worst performers on the ASX 200, you know, this year, it's still, you know, uh, um, you know, loads of lithium miners there. And it has been obviously a torrid few years for the price of lithium. You know, that's obviously weighed heavily on those local miners. Um, but I think that, you know, again, we mentioned it there a moment ago about sort of EV growth. It's slowing down, but we're still seeing huge demand um, worldwide. And I think that there is continuing to sort of be that supply and demand sort of question mark. And and, and that's obviously what's really affecting um, these companies for the moment. And as you say, Pilbara is that sort of real investor favorite, although it is um, the most shorted stock. It's also, you know, one of the most owned stocks by retail investors as well. And I think if we look at sort of its share price, it's probably held up reasonably well compared to sort of some of those other names. And that's, as you say, because of its sort of balance sheet, it's probably the best position to sort of maybe get through this lithium winter, you know, continue to expand, continue to sort of grow production, um, you know, in a meaningful sort of way. We know that sort of profitability is, is obviously going to fall significantly. But that's obviously because it's at the whim of the um, of the lithium price as well. But I think, yeah, if we're looking at lithium miners, this is probably going to be the one that's best positioned to sort of navigate it. Uh, but, you know, we had Albemarle earlier in the week, um, earlier last week, sort of talking about prices and, and what's ahead. You know, they've essentially said that, you know, lithium prices are unsustainably low. They can't sort of stay this low forever. And I think they've got a very good point. They are the world's lithium, large lithium miners. So, of course, they're going to sort of want to say that as well. But, you know, I don't think that we're going to see lithium prices continue to stay this long for this many years. I think that um, long term, there is too much growth in terms of electric vehicles um, and the demand for lithium. Um, that at some point, you know, these miners will continue to sort of find a bottom, but it's how they sort of navigate this period. And as I say, I think Pilbara is probably best positioned to sort of do that for the time being. Excellent. Now let's move to crypto because Bitcoin, just having a look, 52,000 US dollars. Everyone can get all excited. So is the, uh, are the ETFs, are they going to continue uh, to support the Bitcoin price? And what's happening with Ethereum, Josh? Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's it's been a remarkable turnaround since obviously the lows that we had in sort of 2022. We've sort of tripled in price since that time. I think what we're really starting to see this year is, of course, we had that euphoria around the sort of the ETFs. We're also seeing sort of risk appetite return as well, right? We've got um, stock markets that are sort of trading pretty much near record highs, um, you know, obviously in the US here in Australia as well. So I think there is a lot in terms of, um, you know, in, focused on rate cuts as well. That's going to be a really important um, point for for sort of crypto is that when we do start to see sort of rate cuts coming through, it's a really positive tailwind. And then on top of that, I think there's a lot more for investors to, to sort of be positive as about as well. Um, we've got the sort of the fourth Bitcoin halving sort of um, in in April sort of coming through. That's going to enhance the sort of asset scarcity when we talk about sort of supply and demand there as well. And then you mentioned the ETFs as well. We, we're continuing to see um, these ETFs. 
um, see you know robust trading volumes and we're continuing to see um, inflows coming in into these assets and I think really this is the tip of the iceberg for those ETF flows as well and I think we'll continue to see billions of dollars flow in um, to these assets over sort of the, the next year and, and ultimately and that's going to be because we're going to see institutions more comfortable with this asset. And really, if we look at some of the metrics, this is actually being led by institutions now. We're really not seeing a huge move from retail just yet. It's important to know that this asset is very well owned by retail already. But ultimately, we're sort of seeing a lot of this driven by institution institutional buying, which is the real difference in this move, because we haven't had that in the past. And then, you know, you talk about Ethereum there as well. Again, that's going to be really important to watch this year because it underperformed Bitcoin last year as well. Um, and again, that performance this year is going to be driven by the potential of an ETF there as well. So if that comes to market, we're going to see, you know, Ethereum's price do really, really well. It's continued to break through some really key levels already this year. Um, and I just think at the moment we're getting a really nice mix. We're getting everything sort of come together at the same time for, for sort of crypto. And it's creating this environment where, you know, investors are, are just sort of really getting excited about what's ahead. And that's why we're seeing lots of buying, um, you know, and ultimately coming from institutions. And that's something that we, we haven't really seen uh, in the past. And that's what's driving this current rally. So as we see it, it has further legs and it's going to be another strong year. Fantastic. Well, on that lovely bullish note, Josh, thank you so much for joining the COB today. Thanks, Danny. Have a great week. You too. Josh Gilbert there from eToro talking all things bullish on crypto. And let's turn to the stock of the day, which was a seven group. Daniel Ortiz from Stock Doctor and David Lane from Audmanet shared their buy, hold, avert, sell verdict. We've actually got a light and recommendation on seven. So we think that the overall business is probably overvalued at current levels and may indicate you know, why um, Seven are using their shares for this this takeover offer as well. The shares are, are warranted to trade at current valuations um, and the quality of those businesses are, are just very resilient. The cash flow conversion as well has been above a lot of their peers in the mining services. So, you know, hats off to them. They've done a great job. I think the share price is deservedly so at very highs uh, and I would still hold them at this period. Uh, I think there's still more strength to come if you if you heard the, the, the commentary there. So, no, I've got positive things to say about them at this point. Okay, time to jump into those market leaders today and see which stocks are shown. Uh, very much in the lithium space. So Sayona Mining up 17%, A2 Milk with those better than expected results up 12, Liontown also lithium up almost 8% as a Reliance up 7 and Neuron Pharmaceuticals up by 5%. So some nice green on screen there. Having a look at the laggards and there is some pain out there today with Lendlease being hit hard off 14%, as was A New Hope off 7, Aurora off 6.5, GPT 4.4, as was Ingham's. Now let's have a look at the small cap space and uh, let's see what's shone today. 29 metals, gosh that's volatile, up 35%. Lake Resources also getting a boost uh, in the lithium space, up 7%. And Vsan up 12%. And let's have a look at the small laggards. Have a look there. 
actinogen medical of 16, Bowen Cole also taking a hit of almost 8%, as was 4D medical of 7.3%. Now, what's on overnight? Now, it is going to be quite quiet because we do have a bank holiday for both Canada and the US, so those markets are closed. On a Wednesday, we do have the Canadian CPI data and Thursday, the FOMC meeting minutes. Now, let's look through to tomorrow what's happening in Australia because we're also going to get the RBA minutes, but we're also going to have a slew of companies reporting some of the big ones, and you will be able to catch the interviews here on Ausbiz tomorrow. We have a BHP and Hub24 who we'll be speaking to, but we also have the likes of Ansel and Monodelphus Group. And I'm just having a quick look to see Judo Bank, a link. Um, what else have we got? My gosh, it's a huge day of reporting, but it will culminate with a lot of companies reporting this week on Thursday. Okay, well, that is it uh, for the COB today, but be sure to join us tomorrow afternoon as we'll be speaking with BHP CFO David Lamont on the back of those BHP numbers and that's from 3pm Eastern only on Ausbiz. Okay, let's do a final check before I wrap up the COB today. And what a fun program we have had. The CBO 200 up 1.7%, 1.7%, uh, 1.7 points getting away from myself or just over a tenth of a percent. ASX 200 up almost seven points. And uh, let's have a quick look and see if there's any movement on the currency markets with the little Aussie battler. And last time I checked, that was a fairly flat. It's up ever so slightly to 65 a spot for US cents. Don't forget lots of great interviews on our website today. Do check them out. Have a great evening and we'll see you tomorrow morning with lots more, particularly in this reporting season.